Well, by the way, Doctor, is mystery your sole pleasure? Young man, what could be more pleasant than mystery? Well, music, for instance. Music, why, of course. Hey, 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 what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Orion Radio. Thank you for tuning in again. I'm your host, Kia Orion. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the download. If you, if this is your first time, if this is your fifth time, whatever, um, again, it means a lot. I hope your Thanksgiving was dope. I hope you're holding up. This is currently Sunday afternoon, so you still might be in that turkey and pumpkin pie coma, you feel me? But uh, yeah, we got a great show for you. This is probably one of my favorite people that I know doing music right now. His name is Casey. Uh, I'm not gonna keep. I'm not gonna talk about this myself much on this intro because the interview runs long, and I want to get to that. But Casey is a dude who I met at school back when we were at Cornell, and he was pretty much orchestrating a lot of the hip-hop scene on campus. He brought Ninth Wonder to campus. He hosted a beat battle, hosted a rap battle. There's some classic footage of my boy Dylan Owen getting it in at the rap battle. Um, Yeah, this shit was dope. So a few weeks ago, I went down to Jersey City, chopped it up with Casey. His label mate, Joe Cleanus, was there. So if you hear another voice, that's Joe. And this is the first episode where I, I... chopped it up and edited it to try to condense it because we were talking for hours and even though there was some hysterical conversation in there I wanted to just try to give you the 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 gems so let me know what you think if you think the transitions are abrupt if you want the whole conversation if you felt like you were missing out um then you know maybe I can switch it back but I just want to experiment a little bit and see what see what people like people I think certain people like the long ones that kind of go on tangents and and that, and some people like the the shorter ones because they just only have forty minutes or an hour, and you know just want to cruise through it. So let me know what you think. Either way, uh, as far as KC goes, he runs a label called New Black Music. That's N U B L A C K. Google it. He has a bunch of artists on there. My homie Obi. It is doing R&B. He's got this artist, uh, Zen is Zen. He's got uh, Samus, who's also a Cornell uh, alum, and she's her. She's blowing up right now. She's popping. So this is my interview with Casey. I hope you dig it as much as I did. We talk about his parents' uh, Romeo and Juliet story coming from Nigeria. We talk about how he found his way into being a music manager. We talk about uh you know some what it's like going from having dreams of playing football to be having a career ending injury and then transitioning that into something else so a lot of cool stuff in here i think you'll appreciate it we had some laughs we just had an absolute blast so shout out kc the whole new black crew i appreciate what you guys are doing it's he's a real dude and he's creating he's curating uh a label that I believe is sort of on this new wave of just experimental and authentic 
music that shows that people people what resonates with people is um genuine expression instead of just chasing chart topping hits and it doesn't mean that they have to be mutually exclusive but that there's something to be said for having a vision and really pursuing something you believe in rather than just a quick score quick hit whatever's popping at the moment so this is my interview with casey featuring joe cleanus in jersey city i hope you guys dig it let me know what you think all the info for new black is in the show notes thank you again enjoy Doses. There are certain, there are definitely the qualities are a little bit different depending on, you know, like that yeah. was like you could tell a lot of yeah, what was going yeah, yeah. on. Some some podcasts just sound like. Two dusty motherfuckers in the garage. <laughs> Yo, shout out. Shout out what we doing. Shout out what we doing. It's in the garage. We got windows yeah. in this bitch. Ah, ah, ah. We got two microphones. Man, your shit is high class. Fuck that. Yo, high class. Some shits. You got the... Yo, my man came in with the Go Go Gadget podcast. Yo, Go Go. Dude, yo... That's a that's a great tagline for this go go gadget podcast. <laughs> All my publishing on that. Yeah, welcome to Go Go Gadget podcast. Yo, let's just pop up, spring up surprise. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yo, you gotta watch where you say that. Spring up surprise. You say that in the wrong place. I don't know. I feel like that's that was some that's some shit. Um, yo. Before uh, before you bounce out of here, Joe, can I can I? Joe, you leaving? Get you get you to, get you to talk on some shit. Um, <laughs> before this is uh, Joe Cleanest. Want to have a vision? Uh, um, Godfather of New Black Music Group. Because uh, I want to get both of you guys actually on. Uh, <laughs> Joe, you, you, Joe, you don't you don't, you don't have to. You don't have to. Um, but. Nothing crazy. Both, both, <laughs> both, both you guys. <laughs> I, so, if I had another mic, I'd hook this up. But I want to talk to you guys real quick before. I wasn't sure if you were bouncing or not about throwing it back to rap battle days, to, to to the classics. Um, and it's interesting now because it seems like yesterday, but also a lifetime ago at this point when we were battling Dylan back in the day. <laughs> and. I've always been curious about your perspective on <laughs> battling Dylan from, from because you know I was homies with Dylan from the jump, yeah, and then didn't realize how that you guys were tight, and I didn't get you know to be close with KC until after all that shit later, and I was oh, like, yeah. oh damn, I realized you were actually doing the hip hop thing. So when you know, I mean, this whole yeah, blonde white dude battle. comes up, <laughs> and then got some crazy bars. What yeah. like after that, were you guys like? What the fuck? Like, who is this? Dude? Yeah, I didn't really know who he was. I had heard about him, but like, I didn't expect anybody to rap good at that event. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically, like, I, like we got kind of like drunk before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could tell. Yo, because y'all were yeah. wildly KC. You and Tommy too, especially were wild in that night. We were live for every event at at Cornell. Yeah, I like well, that was one we were excited about because. We had this whole organization just to put on like rap events, like yeah. events for hip hop, for like, you know, the kids that love hip hop and that type of shit. So that was one of our first ones, that rap battle. It was a rap battle and a beat battle like the same week. Yes. Because that's actually, it was through that that you guys did. I also remember, um, it was the first time I was put on to Samus. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Was it at the beat battle? Yeah, it was at the beat battle. That was the second beat battle. The first beat battle, D Nils won. 
and Ninth Wonder was at that the first was one. the that was actually the one I went to. Yeah. Did you guys put that on? Yeah. I've got I've got pictures of me. I have proof at that event with Ninth Wonder. I believe it, man. And that it was, was an amazing night. And Grumble was there too, right? Grumble was there. Kid Vision was yes. there. Oh, yeah. That was a crazy that was an epic. battle. They had a get back and forth that went like three rounds. Yeah. Y'all been getting goosebumps thinking about that shit. Yo. That was one of my favorite moments. Dude, it was nuts, man. Because, first of all, the beats were crazy. And I didn't know who D-Nils was. Um... I, you know, I'd been working yeah. with Grumble at that point, so that was my dude. And to see, I, it was frustrating to see him lose, but also really inspiring because, you know, and this is even from, coming from a white guy who's there at Cornell. It's not yeah. like, it's not like there's a huge like dope hip hop scene. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's and so I was like, oh shit! Like the people come out the woodwork for this. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's what that was the coolest yeah, thing about it. That, like, that's what made that yeah, I was like, <laughs> they're actually folks that are into this. Shit. You know, it's yeah. not. You know, just so and so, you know, um, in the EDM white boy shit. I was yeah. like, this is tight. And the fact that you had ninth come through, oh, yeah. I don't know how that happened. See, that was me figuring out the power of old white money. <laughs> Still an important <laughs> lesson <laughs> to be learned. That's a lesson I've held on to very, very strongly. <laughs> basically, Cornell had a gang of money for programming that they just. Basically, NCPC was an organization before I took it over, but they had no leadership. They had nothing. Yeah. It was. Well, start off ten grand every for year. Every college, actually, I've been looking into something like that has, a, a, or at least a lot to oh, have that fun. Of money. Yeah, and so even if we're booking for shows, you know, yeah, like that's a good place to start. I was Yo, reading this college book. shows are definitely a bag. Like it's a, it's a pros and cons because it's like those you know those fans. Yeah, exactly, it's going to be an interesting thing. But they have they have money that they need to spend on programming. Yeah. And so did and they you, put it in the hands of students to decide where to spend it. Yeah. Which was how we got Ninth Wonder there. So did you reach out to Ninth? And yeah. like, hey, we got 10 G's if you want to come through and talk about, <laughs> talk about some shit. Uh, the, way, the way it worked back then, we had a, we had an advisor. Shout out to Peter Van Doe. Yo, who works at Penn. Word. Actually, shout out Pete. Yeah, who works yeah. crazy in Philly. What up? Peter was the man. He was one of the few over there that like supported just people in the black and the, the minority community in general trying to do shit that we like so he kind of empowered us to say you know pick somebody you like like you know think big guys so i was like ninth wonder i thought oh, my favorite producer of all time and like a couple people in the group didn't know him. tommy was there to back me up yeah like, yeah you, you guys are that. yeah you yeah. guys are always homie <laughs> <laughs> oh boy shout out to tommy shout out to tommy we um so we like decided on him and then peter had the official email we he had a good quote I won't disclose Knight's price because you know he needs to get his bag still. Right, right. But uh but yo, actually he came through, he really came through off the strength in like in a lot of ways. But Peter reached out, his people confirmed, we had a date, told me we wanted to like kinda host a battle and like give a brief talk. This man came through and gave yo, like one of the speeches of my, my life. of my lifetime, <laughs> man. I to this day, as yeah. a dude who's just like struggling to find my way, I think about that all the time. That that he, I remember his story so vividly in this part where he was like, he, his wife gave him a year. Yeah, you guys remember that? Yeah, and I was like, in my mind, to make this right, music thing work. Yes, as much as I voice. keep fucking shit up, I'm like, yo, all it takes is a year. I'm yeah. like, that could switch this shit around like a lot. Can a change focus, in a year, a year of yes. just focusing on it and making every day about it. I took so many gems from that shit, yo, and that's all it takes, man. Is like. I remember him talking about making beats and his wife being like, you got a year. And I'm talking about like one of the last, one of the last um, days that he had was when 
he made it happen. Yeah, and with Jay and them. Yes, with Jay and them. And I still remember the story, too. You were there, too, Joe, right? So I'm not sure if you guys remember this, but I remember him talking about um, how you have to kind of make your own reality. Is something that I'm starting to pick up on more the older I get. That like it wasn't like he was in some amazing, incredible platinum studio with like a nice board. It was like him. He was like, dude, I had my shitty Fruity Loops on my like bad computer, and I had to reinstall it or something. And it wasn't like you're given a bunch of time. He's like, Jay went out for lunch with B, and was like, okay, flip this sample. R. Kelly song. Yeah, that R. Kelly song. Woman's threat. And then he came, and then he came back, and so. You don't. Th- you think that everybody has these ideal conditions when really, it's that sort of like it's you exactly, That's man. What it like is. There, there's nothing holding anybody back if, except for you just getting creative, using the resources that you have. You, you know, the software is available. The whole thing. and like Ninth Wonder was practiced at that time. Like he had that, made thousands of beats. Yes, without anybody saying you're gonna meet Jay Z one day. So that's the fucking thing. You can't just be doing shit because of the guarantee of, like, an outcome. You got to just do it to do it. And then hopefully some shit happens in your situation to be what you've become. He just was being Ninth Wonder. He didn't do nothing special. That beat, I love that beat. That's not even his best beat. It's just some, it's some shit. It sounds like he made a drop of a dime, but it's Ninth, yes. so it's dope. Like, ninth in, ninth, what Ninth can do in two minutes is a lot better than what people can do in three weeks. You know what I'm saying? And that's from him being him. And that's what I think was crazy was that he talked about having made thousands of beats. Yeah. Is that you? It's the behind the scenes work. So then you get put you in the studio, with Jay, and you can cook some shit up in thirty minutes. Exactly. You know, it's not just like not like wait. somebody calling you. Hey, you're gonna need Jay. Exactly. Two, two, you have two years to get your shit right. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> get to work. You know where I think a lot of times people assume. You see these these videos of Ninth in the studio, or you watch. I remember those old Ryan Leslie videos in the studio, or, or whatever. And you like those two provide inspiration. I, and you assume. Yeah, hold this, we can finish rolling this. Jet. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so you assume you assume that, um, you know, these guys don't practice, but it's all the behind the scenes shit that goes into it. Parents came from Nigeria, and they came under crazy circumstances so, in the eighties and shit. Casey, rewind it a little bit for me. Talk about talk about that. What, yeah, so, I'm 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 curious your the background of your story. I, man, it's, it's really based on my parents, of course, because they gave birth to me. Like when you give birth to somebody, you are now responsible for them. <laughs> so they they moved here. I might mix up a little. I know my dad came first. Uh, he came to West Virginia. And he went to Marshall. That was the first school he went to in the States. And they did him dirty at Marshall. They were, like, slashing his tires and shit when he parked. Damn. Because he's black. Just for being a, a Very black. black. <laughs> he had bell bottoms and shit. Like, oh, they damn. They were slashing his tires. He thought he was flying shit. Uh, <laughs> but my, he was hardworking. Like, from what I learned from their story, he was going to school, making good grades, but he was getting failed. They were failing him constantly. But he kept the log of all his grades and he kept like all of his old papers. He brought it to like the president of the school. That professor was fired. Like, but he had to be that on guard all the time to see people trying to fuck him over for no yeah. reason. He also was a painter. Like that's how he helped pay his tuition. They had like an immigrant painting program. Kind of fucked up, right? Immigrant painting? <laughs> so, <laughs> something like that. Who funded that? And not, and not like painting like That's a flower crazy. and sipping some wine and shit like now. <laughs> like painting the crazy. side of a three-story building and shit. It's so 
<laughs> Yo, shout out the immigrant mating program. Yo, damn, y'all really had that shit. Y'all lost some other shit for real. Yo, that's what I want. They get it from cotton funds, bro. Yeah. Yo, I want to That shit was that's dope. Okay. Yeah, that that was some shit. So he was doing that, and even within that, he was he was ostracized. That like he was told to not attend like certain parties at the the administrator's house because the white neighborhood and like they don't like black people there. This is West Virginia, like back in the age where they weren't trying to, they weren't shy about the shit. Yeah, early eighties. But he did his thing. Like he was just so focused, you know, focused on doing well in America. And he ended up transferring to Saint fucking some school in off Saint Andrews or Saint Edwards. Man, I don't know Saint so, Edwards. So, some Saint. Yeah, some Saint. I'm going to look it up later. In, in uh, Austin, and that's where my mom came in. Either at that time or before, she had moved in, and she was at Georgia Tech. She was working at a hotel to live at the hotel while she went to school. Like, Damn, that parents are hustling, man. Hustling, man, from the jump. For real. So I just, I mean, that just taught me, don't complain about shit. Yeah. Just don't complain about shit. Figure it out, do it. Like, if I can get my tires slashed and... I'm not getting my grades tampered with and all that, then I don't really got much to be complaining about. That's next level. So was Pops from Nigeria? Yeah, both of them. Oh. They met in Nigeria. Yeah. Oh, hold up. Yeah, it's a cute love story. Wait, so oh, there's a, a twist to the story. Too. So they met in Nigeria yeah. and then moved to the States into different places. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my dad, she, man. So my dad met my mom over like years going to the store that – my, her mom worked at and my dad and her mom were like kind of cool she was a storekeeper and he was like yo you know me and yo daughter. yo what's up thank you yeah but he just liked her like yo who's that at the register every other like Monday and Friday like, that's, that's my daughter chill story cause my dad was always out there going in for the kill and shit <laughs> shout out pops one time <laughs> yeah you know shit runs into blood <laughs> and he met her, but they weren't together. He actually had a girl. So he goes to the States, you know, thinking about my mom and shit. They're writing letters back and forth. Okay. And he comes back to visit. And, like, he has a girl, like I said. So she there thinking, I'll, can I even tell this story? It's the first time I told this shit <laughs> on anything. So she's, my dad come back to Nigeria. This girl there waiting on him, thinking that she about to see her man. Woo-woo. Yeah. And he come back and immediately goes looking for my mom now. Like, go look to the store, oh, like, yo, where's Augusta? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, goes and, like, the story from his perspective says, like, he talked to her, like, yo, I want you. Like, you're the you, only you, one. And she's like, I'm going like, you. you got to choose. Got all these other girls. And he's like, nah, fuck, fuck, chill. All that's bullshit. And then Shorty came rolling up. Oh, Skrr! no. Like, what are yo, you doing? That's before GPS, dog. This before, before GPS. How'd she find him? That's, yeah, like, that's not. I mean, dedication. if it was like a small town type shit, she, she probably knew And people just adapt, man. Like, if they don't have GPS, they find ways to find people. Absolutely. People have been getting found out for years. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that ain't the first time, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you, 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 so what? you put it together. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. man logic. So she pulls up. She pulls up they, and like they, they had they had the confrontation. My mom is like really not feeling it now. So, but that was the end of him and the other girl. And they eventually worked some shit out. I don't know them details. And then she comes. I don't know if she comes with him that second time or she just like says, okay, I'm going to come with you eventually. And like they they got married over there. 
I don't know when they got married. And that's some bullshit. They got married. No, they got married in 86. So they had my brother. She was pregnant with my brother when they got married. They nasty. <laughs> yeah. Shout out mom. Yeah. And so you do you have that, just the one older bro? No, I got oh, two oh, older no, brothers. Oh, no, that's right. Because I remember you told and me I got you had a little bunch sister, of siblings. Four of us. And a uh, bunch of cousins and fake cousins. Okay. <laughs> shout, shout out to all the fake cousins. Yeah. So, j- so they get married over in Nigeria. And then yeah. Pops is like, hold up. I got to go to America because I'm like seeking this, my fortune. Basically. And, like, and my mom, my mom is like killing it as well in Nigeria, like on the doctor track. She comes from a more wealthier family. So she was in private schools. And my dad was basically like more so from like the bush and the hood and shit. Yeah. And my mom was like from Westchester or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, so it was some some cute Romeo and Juliet shit, but they my mom was educated, so well probably better educated than my dad. Even in Nigeria. Yeah. Oh word. Yeah, so she came here to become a doctor, and then ah. she eventually switched to pharmacy. While she started having to watch the kids and shit. Yeah, like, I used to go to college with my mom. <laughs> that that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I can barely do. One of those things, yes, you know, I could barely, kids. yeah, I could barely, and do, barely do that or school. It's hard. She did it both. She, she like, I remember being in schools with her. She went to Howard for her pharmacy degree, and me and my little sister would be in school with her. My sister was a baby, and I was like five, some shit, like rocking her sometimes, just because there's nowhere else to. No one's watching us. Yeah. At some points, my mom and dad were separated. My mom would be in D.C. going to Howard, and my dad. Was still in Georgia. We live in. That's where my sister was born at. And they were separated just to go to different schools. They were, but they were still together. Yeah, they're still together. Okay. Like it was some. They ran this shit like a business. Looking back. Yeah. Like, okay, you go over there. You take. You take the we'll, newborn. We'll split these guys. And we'll send the up. kids every now and then. I'm gonna finish my job over here. We were going through a lawsuit. No, that hadn't happened yet. But yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to get to that. Yeah. Wait. So, but wait. I still don't understand what was Pops doing. He was. Um. He ended up managing. This like fucking organizational folder and notebook company, like Franklin Covey. Do you remember them planners you had in school? Dude, do I remember? Of course, yeah, bro. Was just first life, day right? was so lit. You yeah, come you in from Stables, I had shit. many planners, each one is color coded. I had the holographic one sometimes. <laughs> yo. I was like, yo, look like a Pokemon. Yo, I see that tail, like first day of school. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Jersey City, baby. Yeah, yo, Jersey City. Yeah. It's getting lit out here. Um, is the. Uh, I that of course, man. Yeah, that was that was pivotal to to growing up. Hell yeah! So my dad worked for that company. He was like one of the head managers, and that was that started in Georgia, I think. And then we moved up. He got transferred up to Maryland, so we can go live with my mom and have the family together. Uh. So we moved into this apartment, this complex. It was called Van Dorn Apartments at the time in Alexandria, Virginia, and. It was some rundown shit. We had, <laughs> like, I don't think they had official projects back then. It wasn't as high, but it was like, it was like some LA shit, like some Inglewood type apartment complex. And yeah. everybody kind of up to no good over there. We had seven people in a two bedroom, so we made, we're making our shit work. My so grandma had moved up. Was it like this, this big as this two bedroom or? Um, yeah, actually. Seven people in this bitch. Yeah. One bathroom. I think there was a bathroom. <laughs> Joe's looking around. We can make this work. Dude, that, yeah, I mean, if you do what you got to do, but that's that's a wild way. You get no time to yourself. Nah, I you never know? I never really knew about privacy until college, like 
third year of college. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's, that, I mean, the thing is, if you do that, though, there are certain skills that I feel like you develop mm-hmm. young. And partially we were talking about eating, <laughs> eating earlier, too. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. Growing up with a bunch of siblings, you probably were – that's probably where, like, I'm not sure if you were into sports even at that age. But, yeah. like, you kind of got to get it how oh, you got to yeah. get it because, you know, I'm not sure your other brother's names. Were there, but, like, otherwise Yo, they're eating. Amanze and you know Uzama, what I'm shout like, out my older brothers. Shout out to all the They bros. were, like, my parents because if you spend more time with them, yeah. that's who's raising you. Absolutely. So I was running around with them all the time. And all you – yo, thank God I had people that I could just look at that I basically saw myself in. And I look like the motherfuckers too. <laughs> like, if you ask other people, I don't think I do. But I can just look at them and see my future all the time. So whatever they're doing, it's just shit I'm trying to learn how to do right now. Good or bad. Good or bad. I feel like that's the Whole nice thing about being the, the young the young bros. <laughs> you, say, you say, oh, okay, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hold up. Yeah. I see, you know what I'm saying, kind of peeping game from the older bros. So at this point, you're going back and forth, going to Howard sometimes with mom. She's taking care of you. Um, you got a shitload of people in the crib. Yeah. And now we're fully moved into into that area. Now Alexandria, my mom going to Howard, my dad. So in this, you're in West Virginia? Nah, we're in Virginia. Oh, Northern, you're in Virginia. Northern Virginia. In Northern Virginia. Like DMV area, like the edge of DMV. Okay. And at this point, you're... Is this middle school? Is this high school? This for me is elementary. Oh, oh you're still young, dude. I remember elementary so vividly because it was, to me, like a movie, the shit that was happening. How how so? Over there, that's where I first found out about, like, gun violence. and In elementary? Yeah. In our apartment complex. My mom told shit. me later about how anxious she was to get us out of there because of the shit that was happening on the regular that we thought was very regular. Yeah. So... Become accustomed to it. Yeah, there was a curfew of 7 o'clock, like a hard curfew for kids where, like, the neighborhood just changed. Like, the the playground fill up with older kids hoodied up, yeah. some kids holding right. and shit. Uh, businessmen come out. Businessmen come out, basically. <laughs> and all types of shapes and sizes, all types of business people. Absolutely. So we... We usually make it in by seven, but the times that I didn't is when I really start to see like, oh shit. And then we go like the next day and like the blacktop is covered in like shells from from bullets and shit. And we're just like sweeping them off like the regular and like just really not thinking about what's happening. Find some revolvers later, like by a picnic table or some shit. And that was that was that area. That was those apartments. It's different now. Like we had to move away because they renamed it Willow Run, basically to begin like gentrification and shit. Mm. And raised the prices. My yeah. dad got fired. and For real, for real? Yeah. Moved to Texas. Because, though, that, in my mind, you're a Texas bull. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't even I, know yeah, about this Virginia yeah, yeah. shit. Because <laughs> in my mind, the, from the era that I knew you, you were always repping Texas. Yeah. And I will always rep Texas because that's where I spent most of my formative years and like going through i started this elementary in texas did middle school did high school i got my scholarship over there you did like, the whole the whole texas rest of it lunch. is then in texas yeah. okay so shit gets real in virginia y'all dip out to texas and yeah. then at what point because i also knew you were heavy into the football stuff yo Oof. texas made me get heavy into football we were a soccer family my dad oh nigerian i yeah. feel like I feel like y'all are nice nice we soccer, were we yeah. were nice my brothers were cold my oldest brother was like 
known in the, na- in the neighborhood, known, known in like the whole like soccer community for just being nice and the select teams and all of that. My dad had us drilling when we were young. Out <laughs> That's there in a Nigerian posture, and he's Hell like, "Yo, yeah. I'm, he's coming out. Y'all get nice and soccer." Open. See this, this side, this side. <laughs> catch it. Like, dude, that's, did you grow up watching games with them? Hell shit? yeah. Oh, dude. That's early dope. up, waking up early in the morning. All the Africans, everybody into soccer know you wake up early in the morning, catch them like world they're overseas. cup games. Yeah. Like, my parents wake up and act like it's fucking four in the afternoon, <laughs> screaming and shit. Like, yo, I had just never seen so much emotion out of them besides them watching soccer games. So. What, was, what was their team? Of course, it was, we watched the Nigerian national team. Oh, that's what's up. And I don't think my dad was really into, like, the European leagues and shit. He just watched, like, the the African Cup of Nations, the the World Cup, of course, the Olympics. So these were enough soccer events. He was, he worked hard, so he didn't really watch a lot of TV. Yeah. But those three events rolling through, like, the decade were enough. And then, like, those seasons were just shut down. All we do is soccer. Yeah. Like, everything changes. Schedules change. We go to school late. Like, whatever. Yo, that's <laughs> when you know what's And he's like, he's like... You need to focus on your studies, but also be a girl and kind of get the yeah, yeah, and yeah. catch this this fourth quarter. Like he won't he won't be mad if we're late for school watching soccer. He won't necessarily encourage it, but he will like kind of let us linger there. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit. Okay, so when you switched to to football, so we got to Texas. There was no soccer program in middle school. There was Yo, no soccer I feel program like in, in Texas elementary for boys. In the South, football is probably life, man. They said, nah, fuck all that other <laughs> shit you're doing. You go play some football first. You're going to tackle each other real quick. So, seventh grade at Bedford Junior High. I started, I got to Texas in fourth grade, and it was great. Those years are kind of blurry. It was I was so nervous and scared. Like the terrain was so different. Yeah, it was a lot of Mexican shots. My Mexican brothers and sisters, hermanos and hermanas. Hey, like, but it was culture shock, a lot of ways. But got into it. Got used to the heat. Uh, school was fun. Recess was dope. I just love being athletic and recess. I was a sick kid growing up, though. You can't believe it. Sick. Sick. Was it sick? Like I had bad allergies and like asthma and shit. Oh shit. Like a motherfucker. So I would always be having little asthma attacks and breaking down the hives and having to go You were that guy. I was that kid. Oh, damn. Yeah. You got cooties and all that I shit, bro. I had cooties, bro. Yo. But that's how I learned to cook and shit. Hanging out with my mom all the time. Oh, okay. Whenever I couldn't go outside. Okay. So mom's, t- you know, putting you on game yeah. when, when you're mom sick. Mom and grandma. Okay. That's interesting because you kind of took advantage of that when, you know, even if you weren't doing the sports thing. But you were always, I mean, even at Cornell, yeah. I was like, yo, this dude's you were strong, motherfucker. I was like, this Thanks. dude's been. Thank, thank you very much. Been, <laughs> I'm about to get back on this. I was, I was like, yo, this dude's been playing sports for a, for a minute. And so, did I you? Always loved it. Even when I was sick, I still the way I kind of broke out of letting that even stop me was I was doing track. I got to go bump up from junior high to high school for track and go up and run with them. So I was hype as hell. I was like, ain't nothing going to stop me. I'm trying to get on varsity. Plus, you're hanging with the cool kids. My brother's up there and shit. Like, I got a rep to protect. That was another thing. <laughs> Having the two older pro- brothers. <laughs> yeah, I got the rep to protect. They made me have to be great because everywhere they went, they were great. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're you're a Aranawa kid. They couldn't say my fucking last name. It's Aharanwa. Oh. But anyway, they're like, you're an Aranawa kid. Oh, you're Uzama's brother. You're going to be amazing at this. Oh, shit. Because the big bros are nice? Yeah. Uh. So, um... Talking about football, yeah. So you're running track at this point. Oh yeah, when, yeah. When do you oh, yeah. So I go, I go up for track, and I have a breakout one day, and I'm just like so mad at this shit that I don't even like feel the pain 
I'm just like, nah, this isn't about to stop me today. No, fuck that. Usually I go inside and get all my cream rubbed and all yeah, that bullshit. Yeah. But that day I was like, fuck it. I just kept on running and doing my thing, all hived up. I wouldn't say nothing <laughs> about it. If people noticed it, they noticed it. I'm like, chill. And it like went away. And then I stopped breaking out. Dang. That's nuts, man. Because that's one of those things when it's like the power, the power of, of the mind. The power of the real. mind. Shit's very real. So I believed in that from that day. And that's... And that's when I really started to just like break out and like playing football hard. I was small too. I was short as fuck. I was short as fuck until my junior year of high school. Hit that growth spurt. Hit that wild growth spurt. You, like you six, eat, seven inches. Mom putting you on that protein? Nah, yo. yo. <laughs> mom putting on that fufu. <laughs> Shout out to the fufu. I don't know what it was. My whole family, my mom's side is very tall. And all my brothers were pretty tall. I was short for a long time. I had the short man complex. But being yo, short. I still, I still got that shit, dog. So I, yo, <laughs> I feel you. I was so Napoleoned out. But being short <laughs> makes you build fucking character, dog. A thousand. You, you gotta be funny, you gotta be something. Yo, I'm like, I gotta get all these skills just to compete with you tall motherfuckers, mm-hmm. man. You know, I gotta do something. And just like pretty women, motherfuckers that have been tall their whole life are usually some dull motherfuckers. <laughs> Yo, it's surprised. Be like, yeah. I, yeah, I'm like no wonder this makes Kobe. this makes- <laughs> basketball. Yo, wait, wait. Shoes. so you hit this growth for junior year. At what point are you saying, yo, I'm going to go to college for this shit? Whenever they started knocking, I never really, I was never focused on being that good. In Texas, just being good in high school is like, it's enough, shit? man. Oh, it is? Yeah. Like, just for your pride, at least. Yeah, it's yeah. out of this world. Yeah. The whole neighborhood knows huge, your number and shit. Football, it's huge. Yeah, it's different. Out, Texas could kind of fuck you up. Like, if you don't got the right mind and you play football and you're nice, I know a lot of people that it did. But I started, I got bigger, I had my growth spurt, I'm getting strong, and I'm playing well. I got to I got to get on varsity, and I was really showing out and shit, and I started getting letters. And usually we don't really, like, blink when we get letters. Everybody in, like, junior year gets some kind of letter that plays ball. So I'm just like, whatever. And then we started getting calls and shit. How like, does that make you feel? That made me feel like, okay, mom and dad, see, I was on to something. Because yeah. they was always low-key. Oh, mom was not about this shit at all. <laughs> but she let me play at the end of the day. She could have pulled me out, but she was not about it. She didn't really try to go to games. The one game she went to, I got a concussion. Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was rough that's, for her. That's cold. My dad was just busy as hell. He was so proud of it. My dad loved football. And what was, what was, <laughs> what was Pops doing at this point? Um, now he's in real estate. Okay. My dad was a fucking hustler. Yo, I can tell. Yo, Pops is doing it. How he got? He got. Hell Casey yeah. looks hella focused right now. Y'all don't understand. He's, <laughs> he's reflecting real hard. <laughs> Pops, you, know, you can tell this man's got a lot of pride. Yeah, I had to just um, think about because he has so many, did so many things. Yo, he used to, at one point he was like building and like fixing computers and also doing like uh, security shit on them. So he's just doing whatever he has to do to make whatever. the buy. Whatever. Is that what his when he graduated? What was his degree in? Business. Oh. So like, but the shit that fucked him up. Oh man, like the shit that fucked them up was the lawsuit in uh oh, yeah, okay. in Maryland. So are you allowed to touch on that? Yeah, it's okay. been like hella years. Okay, now. so because you mentioned it and I was here's what I'm getting back. What oh, the like, fuck? What lawsuit? So my dad was was called a nigger at work by his boss repeatedly in this rage. Yo, Pops has been struggling from the jump at tamper yes. grades, slash tires. Boss is hating on him. Think of my dad is a nice guy. He's a pure person. Everybody loves him. Your wife gonna love him. Like, <laughs> Wait. it's that type of shit. Damn. So I'm sure some of that came to play. I don't know the full story, but he was called a nigga at work. 
uh, fired. Fuck. And we had a choice to press charges or not. Usually my dad's a passive dude. He's like, you know, nah, you know, we'll we'll figure out some shit. But he bossed up and was like, no, we're gonna press charges. We're gonna like fight this thing. Fought it, lost. How do you? How do you lose that? His the other dude's lawyers are probably super. Yeah, good. he was like one of the head managers of the company. We're going against them. Yeah, we're in Virginia. We're in Maryland, actually, Bethesda, and you know, my dad kept a lot of them details in the law. I don't know a lot about it, but after that shit changed. That's the stuff that'll crush your spirit, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. You get when you face racism like that head on, and then you get. You, you get, lose the case. You lose. That's the type of shit when you're like, oh, I see what this is, whole thing is rigged against me. Yeah, you know? And he kept his spirit up. Like, he had, he's had so many so many skills. Like, he used to, he has to, like, make a lot of money back in Nigeria selling all types of building materials, whatever. So, I think just that mentality of just, like, never, like, blinking at adversity. Yeah. That was his thing. I tried to pick that up. Yeah. But from there, we go to, you know, we go to Texas, and he starts getting into real estate, getting his license and shit, and then he gets it, and he just starts killing that shit, like, making enough to support the whole fam, and... Mom's still in school at this point? Mom at that is... Point? Mom finishes. She graduated Howard, so my mom is killing it, too. My mom ends up being the main support for the family for a long period of time, whenever the real estate bubble happens. Yeah. In, like, 2001 or two. When that shit happened and no one's buying houses and everyone's houses are like going up foreclosed and shit, then my dad had to get back hustling again. Yeah. Find some other shit to do. This one never like he started working out. Like Walmart overnight in the nighttime. What? Just going to nursing school in the daytime. Then like get his nursing degree doing some shit. Still getting real estate going up. Other investments. It's always hopeful. Like I look back at the shit and realize how hard it must have yeah. been. Like you know how depressed we get over small shit. Dude, I was doing that <laughs> yesterday. I was in this like I was in this weird depression. Um, for for no reason. It was like again that shit too. Yeah, right? like and it was just because you know thinking about this and that and shit with the music, whatever. And you see other people and you you know just just constantly focusing on trying to focus more on like your own journey and not and think, battling things like jealousy, you know, so on and so forth. And then thinking about. And taking a step back and being like, bro, like, it's nothing, yeah. you know, compared to that sort of thing. When you think about being a grown dad, yeah. you know what I mean? You lose this case. Four-ass kids. Four, yeah, you got four kids, you <laughs> know what I mean? No four kids. kids. You got three got, you know, young Yo. sons that are looking up to you. And we have this culture, man. Like, we understand Nigerian culture. The man is the man. Like, the man-man. Patriarch, breadwinner, bear killer, all that shit. So, so that's a lot of and, my dad, and my dad culture. is that dude back at home. Yeah. And like he's in America, America is, is like beating him down in a lot of ways, and he's getting up. But like this shit, this shit knocks your pride in a lot of ways that he he was combating, and he he combated him. But I could I could tell that like he was showing us like you know we good we good. But I knew it was like it was eating at him, it was breaking him down whenever like you know his checks ain't coming in yeah. right. You know my mom is 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 doing most of the forking over. Like you could kind of see it. In, I kind of see it, you know, and and that informed a lot of shit he said in that period. Informed a lot of things I do now. Like I took into account a lot of things he said when he was kind of at the low point, because it was things remember, that are hard for him to say. Do you remember any of it that you could put well, us on? One of them was, "Don't get no woman until <laughs> you are 
steadfast in what you want to do and in your path. I believe that. And yo, I've rolled that shit to the extreme. Yeah. <laughs> yo, it's 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 hard, especially it because is like hard because you, you we're see, human. Yeah, you see you you're human and you see people, you know, friends getting married you, you and get shit. married and shit. There was this one girl, I was looking at there's an ex the other day and she had her first kid and I was like and it's weird when you're someone's like that could have been that could have been yeah, mine, easy. you know. And so, yo, ex girl, it's it's interesting when you think about that. Like, but like we're talking about with time of being like, I think about that myself, being like, I'd be a shitty partner right now because you gotta be a you little gotta selfish. Be 100% yeah, you gotta be a hundred, especially when you're doing something crazy like in the entertainment business of any kind. Really, anything that you want to do and do at a high level, you gotta like turn it on at some point and just be locked in, dialed in. Yeah. No excuses, no anything in the way. For me, what I what my what motivated me was just thinking back what if and my like my fear is that like if I think back and said, Oh, I could have did more or like I was sleeping too much. I was like, I'm not having that. That's a huge fear. Yeah. So that was that enough that was enough to and make me go crazy. Do you think that he <laughs> did that he um kind of recognized that it might be something that you want to pursue in that regard when he was dropping those gems on you? My or do dad? you think he was, yeah. I think my dad really saw himself in me. And so he had to because he just talked to me so much. And I do a lot of things that he do. Maybe I got a little bit of some more of his jeans and shit. I love to ride around with him and he just go driving and doing like uh. some sort of business. I'd hop in the car. That got me heavily into music. He'd play a lot of Fella and Bob Marley oh, in the car and shit. shit. So. The music thing's kind of starting to develop at this point, too. Yeah, it would develop so early. As early as I can remember, like, there was that. I remember just the days of radio and listening to, it was 93.9 and, like, 100 point something in D.C. Bumping them stations, listening to all the go-go recording shit, making mixtapes. I had a had a talk boy. You remember the talk boy from Home Alone, the shit you could record yourself into? Yeah. I had that and I used that as a tape player. And I oh, would just record, just, record, I would record shit, and I would just like go to school with my top boy and my headphones, my Sony ugly looking headphones, and be bumping. Were shit they out behind there. the head? Sony headphones. Oh no! Nah. Oh, <laughs> looks like fucking oh, headgear, bro. It goes behind the head. Yo. Wait, okay. So, doing so, the music, and we'll transition this a little bit. When when does the hip hop shit start to get on your radar? The beginning, man. Like my brothers, like I said, they drove big me brothers. Everything. Same here. They was, were they were putting you they on were rap fans. They were putting me on without even knowing it. They're just like bumping hot boys like in the in the living room and then my parents is gone. Or like the Bone Thugs video come on, they lose their mind. That's why I lose my mind. So like, ah, I'm lit. What was what that about? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what is, what is this shit? And then I start to listen to it and get into it. And that was, the, that was really the only thing I listened to besides my parents' music. Like I didn't, we shunned other shit. Like I didn't listen to no pop, rock. I hated everything. Because it becomes my... cool and you're just like, fuck all that <laughs> yeah, other shit. Yeah, you know? And then I learned that like everybody else thought it was cool too. So I go in onto shit. I start learning lyrics to songs, print them out. I know the lyrics to a whole bunch of ridiculous songs. And so me. in high school, <laughs> we're in Texas again? Uh, you, Dallas. You Dal- okay, word. Dallas. So around Dallas, high school, take me back. What's popping for you? Because that's a totally different oh, hemisphere than I'm in upstate country yeah. bumpkin new york like yeah. you know what i mean so it takes a that. long time for hip-hop to get up to us what do you remember like yeah, some thing about we had i mean i know eminem was oh he had already came up he had already came up swisher house i don't even know mike jones paul wall oh, sh- 
Um, Paul Wall, that's another Kiki, joint that like never made it. Color changing click, DJ Screw, Michael Watts, uh, Hot Boys, of course, Lil Wayne, Juveniles. Crazy UGK going crazy. Y'all being from Texas too about UGK. Yeah, you well, lost it. UGK was just something that, you know, it's just, it just was like the sound of the terrain to me. Like I couldn't go nowhere and not hear it. And then, and it was bumping. The shit was nice. Like whenever Ride Ride and Dirty had been come out, but they still played tracks. They still played uh, Chop and Blaze and hella classics from UGK. Oh damn! You just heard it everywhere, and it was ill. It was the sound of the, it was sound of Texas for real. Late night radio, they played the uncut shit. You hear all Pimp C's nastiness. So UGK was the shit. People weren't even trying to imitate UGK. You just did, yeah, because that was dead. That and um, I'll say, I'll say like Big Hawk and and Trey D and and all these other like. Real local dudes that didn't like my fucking Zero and Trey out of Houston. Like Zero in Texas is like the biggest. Think of the biggest artist anywhere. Just gonna say these over like yo. Is, so I don't know like half of these guys. Yeah. And so for the listeners, just to clarify, are these is this like chopped and screwed? Yeah, type shit? They, yo, these are the inventors of that shit. These are the people that Drake and Chop Stars and all these people got a credit. Whenever it comes to chopping music, slowing shit down in general. Us even having an ear for like slow down shit. Like the second half of Love Galore from SZA. Yeah. Slow down. And the ASAP Rocky type shit. All ASAP shit. ASAP be paying homage all the time. Yeah. That's a huge huge sound now in New York. This is when that shit was like really starting to come out from the surface. It started in the early 90s. But then like late 90s, early 2000s started to really bubble up. Mike Jones... Mike Jones was worldwide. Still tipping? Come on, you know still tipping. Four foes, I'm tipping. Wood grain, I'm gripping. Catch me lane switch with the paint. Dripping. So, so Yo, just to fast forward a little bit, because I got some other shit I want to talk to you too about, but I also want to get a piece of this story. Yeah. Um, the Cornell letter comes in. Yeah. My mom and mom loses it. She says, "She says I knew I knew you'd be something someday." You said, "Mom, I'm going to Cornell to play football." Yeah, and so my mom made that shit happen. Like I was getting, I was getting hit up by Fordham. Fordham was finna pay, and like have me had extra money, just walk around with. You ever been to Fordham? Yeah, I went there. Yo. The Bronx, bro. The Bronx. I, that's some of the craziest shit I've ever seen in my it, life it was, was up there near Fordham. It was a lot for me when I first went there on my visit. Just walking around it's the streets diff- on Fordham different. Road. I'm like, God damn. Yo, that's a lot of everything. It's rough. I used to deliver when I was living in Brooklyn for this uh, dope little nonprofit. Shout out Reconnect Cafe. They made yeah. cookies. And I'd have to deliver them up to Fordham. And you get up there in the Bronx. And I remember there was this lady. I'll never forget. She was walking around. She had a legit horn. That was just growing out of the front of her head, that, bro. <laughs> bro. And nobody, and it was like people. I, some of the craziest <laughs> shit I've seen nah, in my life man, is in the Bronx, bro. Up, <laughs> up there, near tell you all over the horse. Yeah, yo, the Bronx, yo, yo, a oh, serious horn, dog. And people act like it was, I was like, it was. I was like, this shit is. Man, listen, <laughs> okay, not, I understand you. There, if I saw that, I'd be kind of fucked up yo, too. About the, I've never seen shit in the Bronx like I have anywhere else in the world. And the for Bronx, you're in the heart. Shouts to the Bronx. Yeah, I used to. I've been working in the Bronx for the past like two years too. Shouts to the Bronx, man. It's like, I would say the Bronx gets 
a Ross is definitely a crazy place. You can't do there and do certain things and act out certain ways. You can't stand out too much if you if it's nighttime. Just like you can't really anywhere yeah. late night. But the Bronx is just dripping with culture and energy. Over. Yeah, like the Bronx is loud. There's music coming out. I went to a Checkers and got fucking lit. Like, <laughs> they had. They were bumping Travis Sky out the checkers, kids coming in, turning up, employees dancing. That, yo, that's the Bronx, bro. Yeah. You're like, there's nothing like it. It's beautiful. For, so, but as a high schooler, it was a little bit much for you. Yeah, and it was scary as fuck. Hell yeah, going yeah. from Texas to any. <laughs> yeah, you're like, there, hey, like, <laughs> what's up with this shit? And like, the dudes I was with, yo, football visits are just, <laughs> they're just ridiculous. I can't even imagine. So... I when I met you, I feel like it was already kind of a thing. I knew you also through Chi, shout out Chi, yeah. who hooked it up. And I remember she's like, "Yo, this guy's dope." Oh, I remember hanging out right. with you guys, and I was like, "Okay, this is cool." Because then you also know the music, but I feel like New Black was already kind of a thing. Yeah. When did that start to kind of develop in your mind? In my mind, it low key developed whenever there was this trend on Facebook of everybody having like middle names that reflected some shit. You just made up a nickname for yourself. I don't know if y'all did that. Okay. It would be like, you know, Jasmine, Two Flossy. Yeah. Oh, dude, with the screen names. Yeah. Absolutely. Yo, I had some stupid shit, of course. Yeah. I had some great ones back in the AIM days. But so Facebook, I went to Cornell. I considered myself just like an outlier in some ways because I was. First of all, you're a black guy. Cornell. I'm a black dude at Cornell. So you're already an outsider. And even coming from where I was from, even coming from Texas, because because I moved a lot, like everywhere I came, I was like the dude was from somewhere else. Yeah. So that, that'll fuck yeah. you a little bit. Some stuff with your head. I was kind of a middle baby because I had a younger sister born five years after me. And I don't know, all types of shit that made me just feel like, yeah, I'm something else, I'm different. Like I go to school, but I like sports, but I also, you know, can read. I don't know. Into music. Into music. So I, was like, I, was, I wasn't gonna mention that. Yeah, I can read, baby. How, can they people I'm read? Not read. read. <laughs> <laughs> Floyd Mayweather can't read. Floyd. But I, uh, I mean, my 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 little middle name is Casey, is New Black Aharonald. Oh, really? That was the first time it like came up in my head, at least the concept of some sort of representation of self. So. Then as far as the group and shit, it really, it was PSP. It was a summer program that I worked in after my sophomore year. So my first year off of football where I'm just like, my mind is brewing. I'm getting it. No, I'm lying. Junior year. It was after junior year. After the, football was really over with. And for those that don't know, PSP is when Cornell brings all the minority students to campus early over the summer to try to build Basically. some community before... And a lot of people that got, like, they come from non-accredited schools that have to kind of prove themselves. They have to, like, go to PSP, pass these classes, and then get the check. From what I saw, though, when I would stay in my summers, PSP was, like, kind of, like pretty lit. Like, you can't, it's, you can't, get, get, you can't get all these black folks together. Not <laughs> Yo, I, was always, I was like, I was always low-key super jealous. I was like, damn, I kind of want to be a part of that shit. It looks dope. We have free classes with the campus to ourselves. Yeah. I, I feel like... PSP yes. was a lot. It was a lot. No wonder you want to go back and, and, and help out. And probably, yeah. I feel like you guys would be such dope counselors, man. Wasn't, did we Tommy were, do it too? Were, Tommy didn't do it, but Tommy worked uh, a different job. But, uh, so he was here for the summer. One okay, because I remember you guys being there over yeah, the summer. We were just getting into all kinds of shit. And I lived so far away from there that going home was hard. 
Yeah, it that's true. To go that's true. And, and I would go home and just get into some bullshit anyway. But anyway, I was doing, we doing PSP. I was working it and I'm making beats in my little dorm, just being a fan, DJing shit. And D Nils is there. D Nils won the beat battle. Like, he was becoming, we were becoming like kind of close. Yeah. And he was like the latest addition to the counselor crew. So I was just excited to have him there. We started just kicking it. I'm in his room, he's playing beats. And I'm just listening to his shit and getting hell inspired. Like, damn. Like, we got to make something of our lives anyway. Let's try to do some shit that we like. And I said, yo, I want to be your manager. He was like, what? I was like, I want to be your manager. I don't know how to manage, but I want to just try. Get your shit out, and we'll we'll get famous. <laughs> yo, was that, was the manager, that was in, that's another that's on my list. Was that um, kind of in the back of your mind, always thinking of trying to do some management stuff? I was always doing some type of, like, leadership shit on campus or anywhere I was at, like, with organizations and shit. Yeah. So I was kind of used to that, like, just bringing people together. I saw the power of it early. And I think whenever I like something, I want to find who else likes it and us all put our heads together. So I was just like, he was one person I knew I for sure wanted to just be around, have reason to be around and, like, hear his music. And if I had any chance to, like, get into the game, I thought his shit was so good that we could, like, break through. So he was like, yeah. And... I started trying to like email shit out, learning how to make make emails, googling shit, YouTubing how to do a subject line and how to make a a Bitly link and shit. And we started trying to just move his shit, and we got a couple blogs to post it, his first projects. And we didn't have a name or nothing yet, but I started to just like get more inspired to start to find more people. Found Obi, yeah, kinda Obi. Late, yo, the God. The God, bro. The, like Stevie Wonder out this shit. He's just out here dancing in Texas fucking with y'all. I remember. Once he starts dropping shit. Dude, I remember uh, in college, <laughs> Obi, and he's like, yeah, I taught myself how to play. And hearing him sing, and I was like, I was like, this is like John Legend 2.0, man. Yeah. I was like, this shit is. I was hating on Obi at Cornell. I'm like, why are these girls trying to tell me about this Obi dude? Yo. Oh, is Obi going to be there? Yo. Dude, crazy. Like, Obi. Am I gonna be there though? <laughs> Wait, yo, get this out of here. I can low key sing. Yo, hating. But yo, he's amazing, man. And we connected. This is chronologically, D Nils first. Then Christina Camille got her singing in the hallway. I just lost my whole shit. Uh talked to her after a performance. She was in this jazz crew. She was I remember it. her. She was dope. Cash guitar player, Kasha Watson. She about to be a doctor. She was with it. Uh then Obi. I'd like getting some some balls to talk to Obi. Yeah. He was like legit to me. Got him. There's this girl, Amber, for a while. She used to fuck with us and then she stopped. I got shot her out because she was there. And then it was the winter. This is we didn't have a name yet. Just a bunch of people fucking around doing music. And then like wintertime, Thanksgiving time, I like found Samus. Through the beat battle? Like, first through a video, definitely. Huh. And Joe was in the video. And that's what... That's I what, think I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, yo, Joe's got this new song out. And <laughs> yo, like, I remember that, dude. Vividly. Yeah. Go back to that time in your brain. <laughs> yo, for real. That's crazy. I remember that shit. 
A yeah. long time ago. So like, I'm, I, I gotta get this shit right because this is like this. So I we we have like a talk about the name like through Facebook group. Me, Nils, and Camille, Obi, and we have like a list of names. It was like high up records, small kinds of dumb shit. Thank God we didn't pick none of that <laughs> shit. And um, just like had a poll, like, yo, which one do y'all like? And people voted. We kind of talked, like, what's this mean? I explained New Black a little bit based off what I thought. New Black is funny because the definition is just so fluid. I don't know what the shit is, yo, really. It's whatever we are. But it's cool. And I yeah. think it works. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. It's hip hop. And, um, we we sat on that name, and then I hear Samus. I see that video. I see Joe in it. I'm like, this is a dope-ass video. And I see his girl, the coolest fucking girl I'd ever imagined I could see in my life. She got this whole head wrap thing on, like, like some Greek shit. She just rapping in this convenience store, laughing through the track. The beat is wild. And I'm like, I, I figured she's just some famous girl that Joe clicked up with because Joe is popping and I was like, wow, man, people over here turning up, doing yeah. music thing heavy. And then that was kind of it. Had a beat battle. Uh, Which, didn't she, did she win or she got close? I remember hearing her stuff. She didn't, she didn't win that battle, but she definitely won. We, uh, we had like an email out trying to just get producers for it. She sends in her shit. I don't even look at it. I go home for Thanksgiving break. Um, listening to, her shit, just from off Definitely video, I get kind of obsessed, go in the rabbit hole. And I find all this YouTube shit. She had this old, like, kind of day-to-day series she was doing. And she had all these old beats up. The Sandwich Renewal Project. Uh, fucking Fly Nerd, which she hates when I mention it. But Fly Nerd put me on, yo. And I was loving this shit. I loved her voice. I loved the inflection. The fact that she made her own beats. I just loved before I even knew before I even cared that she made her own beats. I just loved the fucking beats. Yeah, I'm like these are everything about it was was tight to me. It was like some futuristic shit. And then yeah, through the YouTube shit, I found out she made her own beats, and I was like, wow, equally dope. And uh, I was showing it to my sister. My sister, the fucking A and R of the century, <laughs> was like, yo, you need to get this girl. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm here like, should I talk to her? I don't know. Yeah. Like, you need to fucking get her. You need to drop everybody and get her. It's <laughs> <laughs> it cold. Just yeah. like A and R, bro. Yeah. It's some label shit. I was like, okay, I'll take that into consideration. I'm bumping her shit all through, all through that break. And then I email her like, yo, you know. I'm KC, I have this groove, new black music groove. We're trying to just do music and like figure out the business. I really like your shit. Uh, and I didn't, this is funny because I hit her up not knowing she signed up for the beat battle. And I'm just like, let's meet up sometime. And she's like, yeah, you know, she lives in Ithaca. And she's like, I'm here, so let's hang out at Aladdin's this day. And I was like, my mind was blown because I had our. To me, she's already a celebrity because I watched all her videos. Yeah. And told you, all my she started up on the pedestal. And she's like, we can meet up. I'm like, oh shit. You, you eat at Aladdin's too? Yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Got some Mediterranean food. And popping. Yeah. I just didn't know she went to like I put two and two together. She went to Cornell from the videos, but I just had all these revelations about her and we met up and she was super just sweet and like Nice, not that I was gonna get like that hard attitude girl in the video, right? Definitely, right. you didn't get, yeah, yeah. She was like, Hi, I'm an uncle, yeah, just like really down to earth, really sweet. And like, that stuff about people matters me more than anything, like, just how they treat people. And that became the common thread about everybody in the group, really. But 
she was giving just great vibes. She talked about music a little bit, talked about life a lot. But in the music front, she was talking about like, yeah, I think I'm kind of done with rapping. I just want to make beats. And I was like, that's like me discovering Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson saying, yeah, I'm kind of not going to do this shit. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to dance. <laughs> I don't really like, you know, this dancing shit. I'm just going to wear socks. Like, <laughs> you're really good at wearing socks, but like, you, well, you need to keep dancing, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I was not in a position to pressure her into doing anything yet. I didn't really know her, but I was just like noticeably shook. She was like, "What? What is it?" I'm like, "I just, I really like your rapping. Like, I really, really like it." She was like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yes." I was trying to talk about her voice and all this stuff, and then she kind of warmed up a little bit, and started showing me like some beats that she was working on, and. Like some, she said she's writing some raps too, and I was like, "Yo, you should do it." I didn't even have the balls to be like, "You should do it with me." Yeah, like, let's all join this label together. It was just like, "Do it," and I want to do anything that has to do with do with it. And she started sending me some tracks back and forth after that meeting. We meet up a couple times. Uh, we put the single out, Mayhem. We got Chance Fisher on it. It's like her first single in a while. The response like catches her a little bit. She's like, wait, people are like Talk excited like about the shit. Yeah. Like it. And we go from there. And then she puts the fucking logo on the back of Mother Brain. And I'm like, all right, it's lit. She's new she black. The new black logo, yeah. right? Yo, that's what's up. So also tell me about what about that? Do you remember that first show of opening for Raekwon? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, for me, I was uh-huh. at this um convention thing at Yale earlier that day and getting back texting her back and forth trying to arrange shit I think I was trying to get Joe to like go rap his verse on definitely but he couldn't be there I, I, don't, I don't remember what was going on were you even like on campus you you may not have been on campus at that point me and my, Joe might have dipped this 2011 was, I think yeah this is the end of 2011 no 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 no, no. yeah April 2011 really or 12 Okay. Oh. Well, for some reason, you couldn't be at the show. I was supposed to be there rapping your part. So I'm learning lyrics, getting back to Cornell. The show is set up. Even the way the show got set up was just tight, like Leap of Faith, me hitting up Dan Smalls and sending him the video for Mayhem. And he was with it. We got to open up for... It was like right before Raekwon. I forgot who was performing that day, but had a good slot. She killed the shit. I forgot the words to the second half of the song. Yeah, but, I, you know, flow with that shit. Yo, that's half the game, bro. <laughs> Yo. Just flowing with it and, and Yeah, just man. I had to freestyle it. it. I respect the rappers on a different level that day. But... Yo, yo, it was great. It was just great for confidence, great for everything, like knowing that we have something that could be real and we can put our mind in some shit and it can happen. Absolutely. And I feel like that's the key. And so... As we're kind of wrapping this up, what what advice would you have for um, maybe folks that are now interested in music, maybe in college, maybe in high school, young folks that are trying to start as far as from the management side, if you could maybe go back and give advice to your younger self mm-hmm. now having a few years in the game. What advice would you, what, to my younger self? Yeah. I would say... Just be constantly, you have to be so knowledgeable about your artist that everything about the reality that reminds you of them 
like sets off a tick almost because managing an artist is like yo it's like it's a family thing it's like you're responsible for somebody's baby career it's like you have a baby and you have to constantly be feeding it constantly finding sources of food for this career yeah and look everywhere you know that's that's the biggest advice I give my younger self to young managers I would just say you have to just be with somebody who you love, like artists who you fucking love. You got to start with that for your first one or whatever, too. You have to be obsessed with them. Like, you can't just do it because you want to manage somebody. You can't be so itching to manage, you just manage some random person. You got to find somebody that make you want to manage that they're so good. Well, let me ask you this, because I find this interesting as a self-centered artist as I am. How do you... How do you find the passion to want to help someone else's career rather than focus on your own? Because that, that it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a selfless job in the sense of yeah, yeah. it has returns. But for myself, I have a I have a hard time thinking about it because I'm so focused on my own shit, yeah. which is you know maybe I'm small minded. But no. how, how do you how do you find that passion? To help somebody else's shit rather than your own. And it's just based on your life. I think some people are supposed to be front people and performers. Some people are supposed to be managers. Uh, for me, I think it just goes back to coming from a big family, like you said, and how and coming from like a team perspective from football and all this, where everybody doing one thing makes like the collective thing bigger than anybody, any one person. And I'm more about the collective thing. Like, it don't got to have my name or face on it. Like, if we're building this thing and it's impacting, then that's where my joy comes from. It doesn't come from, like, having my name screamed out or nothing like it, that. It's so interesting you say that because for – from your – I remember when I first met you, too, I feel like you would often be pegged as the dude that would be the performer. Yeah. Or, like, you're saying the leadership roles. I feel like people are often like, oh – yeah, Casey, here's this leadership opportunity, so on and so forth, that you, I feel like it would it'd be very easy for you, especially back then, to be like, yeah, like, bring it on, like, I'm that dude, like, you know yeah. what I mean, like, I'm supposed to be the one with all the attention, Yeah. that I'm surprised that you, that that, you decided to take the other route and say, let me boost this thing that helps other people's careers, because it felt like, to me, the signs were, were pointing towards me, yeah, actually. pointing towards another, another, Ah, uh, yeah. Avenue. These people, man, they all, they're good. Everybody I fuck with is good. In my eyes, they're all better than me, first of all. So I'm not going to front like, damn, I'm so nice. I'm just going to help these little guys out. I'm like, I found a gang of people who are better than me, and I'm about to do something else that I can do that they may not be able to do as well. Yeah. Like, the whole, the charismatic side, the mixing I, and mingling exactly. side of it all. Like the, that, That's what I think is interesting. You decided to, to use that same element speaking of communications yeah. of the charismatic the mixing mingling but for all the you know for other folks rather than yeah just kind of and, it, and like lo- karma man and and i believe in i believe in god so like the more love you give out like you just have i have riches unimaginably of unimaginable proportions waiting on me that are happening right now like the returns i get for just constantly trying to show love are priceless man and like that's a real gem too. Because yeah, I realize the older I get, the more that I'm showing love. Yeah, there's you nothing know? better when you're trying to harbor a bunch of shit for yourself. It's stressful, and it's like I'm not. And this is no shot to artists because like the people that are artists are people that have natural 
tendencies that gear them towards what they're doing, they need to be have a microphone. Like they need to be a spokesperson for something. It's it's in them. So like, but as a whole, I would say it's not always just about being one loud ass voice. Yeah. As much as you can be a part of a choir, you know, like a choir that is saying some shit that you believe in. You gotta you gotta have something to believe in first of all. I feel like, cause then you know what to what to bring people around about. Cause you gotta find something that everybody else believes in as well, or enough people at least to get some shit going. I kind of went on a tangent. No, no, I, no. I believe in that because <laughs> that's interesting about labels. Yeah, is that. They might believe in you for a little bit, or mm-hmm. may, and then your ass is getting dropped. Where I feel yeah. like what's dope about what you guys are doing, and Joe, yourself included, is like the artists that you guys, that you're the team, that the people that are part of the team stick, stick around. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's something that's more of like a, it's a conglomerate that has kind of a similar vision, similar vibe that. It's first of all, hella creative. This is actually something that Dylan, I was talking to Dylan, I was like, yo, I'm meeting up with KC later. Have any questions for him? And so shout out. Shout out Dylan. Yo, man. shout out Dylan. So this is partially yeah, what I, what I want to get into. Before, before we wrap it up is, is um, the artists and the vibe, I'm trying to think of how to say this in, in, a, in the right way. As far as on the label is there, it's like very experimental. And especially yeah. with someone like Samus, where it's it's gonna be like a kind of it's in that world of open mic eagle. It's this mm-hmm. DIY kind of unique hip hop underground scene. Yeah. That how how did you? What do you think of that scene? That sort of like um, more artistic because. Yeah. I would have pegged you as the dude that's like, let's get let's some, some dope shit, shit pie. You know what I mean? Some, <laughs> cra- you know what I mean? Rather than like you're taking out artists and Joe yourself too. You're out here playing guitar. You know what I mean? Like you got some and cool rapping. experimental shit and rapping. It's and it's not like y'all are just signing people that you want to be the next Drake, next Ross, whatever. That what's your? It's it's like that's more. Cool, it's this like more that. DIY indie alternative. And not saying it can't be super popping, nah, but that you got to be like open minded to have that vision to take on artists like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, because it's you got to you got to believe that in them mm-hmm. because you know that it has a lot of potential to pop. But it's not gonna be like just like a play. Here's your hit. You yeah. know what I mean? It's an opposite, opposite Ooh, perspective. It's a lot. It's a lot. So first of all, let's take it in bite size. What do you think of the DIY sort of community? What's your take on that? I love it, man. Like I love it because when I was a kid. I fucking loved Raucous Records and I loved like the Lyricist Lounge show. I loved the the Swisher House and the color changing click and text, like the underground shit. Yeah. And like, so that's just me, what I like. And then, second, when I learned the business, this is where everybody takes from. This is the source. This is the plug. Like, this is where culture is built, is in the underground. Yeah. Is the people that don't give a fuck about if anybody finds out who they are. Where the shit that eventually gets on Jimmy Fallon starting where we're at, right? Because and because it's so it, it's a something that people really believe in. Yeah, but you gotta have the patience because it's gonna be a it's, slow it's build. A, and it's an open as forum, so it's a lot of shit. So you can see a lot of shit you don't believe in too. But you gotta. It's going back to like what's bigger than you. Like I love music. I love what it does as much as I love the aesthetics of it. Like. It brings so many people together 
that you want to see what does that naturally. And, like, I feel like in these underground places, you get to see a real, like, raw and visceral energy yeah. and reactions to things that is what people crave. Like, it's what the big businesses and everything, they all crave that with real people and real energy. And, man, there's nothing there's nothing better than that. And I'm looking to make that, like, with artists, like, even if it just gives one person that fucking shock, shockwave feeling, like, yeah. that's what music... That's one of the main things it's about for me. It's like giving you that feeling that you want to share it. You want to share that feeling. And that's that's how the crowds and like the fan bases, whatever, grow based off of that. Not based off of what the fuck is in my face every day and like what's forced on me six times an hour on radio. Yeah. Like I don't want no one to like my shit because of that or our shit because of that. I want it to be because it is hitting something that is untapped in you. And and culture should move. It shouldn't just be like trying to wear what this other person is wearing and do what they're doing. It should be like as diverse as people are. Yeah. So there should be something for fucking everything. Like as long as there's artists that represent it. And that's what I think is I'm starting to see more as I get older that you're able to, you can make a living out of it and you can make it dope. If you can, even if you stay true to yourself, you don't have to be Wiz Khalifa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or it has to be like some big pop record, but it can be <laughs> some soundtrack. He's a soundtrack king. Exactly. Some, yo, man. that man is killing the Fast and Furious soundtrack. So for real. But like, as far as like Open Mike Eagle, or like I'm into that kind of indie scene, or, yeah. or uh, Shout out Open Mike Eagle. Open Mike Eagle, or you know, obviously Samus is now she's on that album, and yeah. that you know. That sort of it's more indie um, hip hop that the but the fans that do fuck with that they're like heavy fans. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, man. Like, and that's what I want me to cut you off. No, no, that. But that that's what I decided. I value more is people that really give a fuck. James's fans are nuts, man. I was because you know doing research for this. Yeah, and I'd love to interview interview her too. Her fans are. Crazy for Samus. Yeah. Yeah. Because she is, yo, imagine like going out in front of like 300 people and saying the most personal shit about yourself that you can barely even say to yourself in a mirror, yo. Yeah. Like whenever you say you reach that deep in yourself, you reach that deep in other people too. That's what I learned from her and watching her and the reaction to her. So whenever you do that, I think you open yourself up to getting those kinds of fans. And then you decide, am I going to care to them? Or I'm gonna care to the surface people yeah. that's want to like see me and see a spark and like try to get some shit out of it. I don't know. Yeah. But we just cater to the people that care the most. It's a natural thing. The person that you know comes to you crying, you're gonna give him a tissue and a shirt or whatever. Like yeah, you know? right. <laughs> because her fans, I fear seriously, feel would be that one that would come up and yeah, like, it happens a lot. Losing it. Yeah. They made her video game characters. Oh, no way. But see, that's what's dope. It's like, what other rapper is based off of a video, you know, video game? And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it is in this unique kind of like, it's almost like this nerd culture. I don't want to. No, it's cool. Because that's like, I'll always show love to nerdcore because you, you got to start with the people that are willing to come out for you. I want to pay whatever money to see a ticket to see you. And. After Mega Ran took her out and showed her to his people, they were fucking with her quick. They like they were buying her shit. They were coming to shows. So like, I love that that part because that was just a part of what she was doing. But I love that that part of her like 
hit so many people deeply to, to have that reaction. And then through that, she got a platform so that other parts of her, like, you know, her background with, with alternative rock and with hip-hop and electronic and her experience as a, you know, a black kid in a PhD program yeah. and with, you know, damn near royalty bloodline is, like, what that is about. And people are now connecting to that. But it's based off of that platform that we got from Nerdcore. So it's just dope. It's dope that there's people that are of all types. And like I said, it's, it's just dope to have something for everybody. Something for in little pieces of you that hit different groups. Yeah. You know? And even your artists, too, because like Joe is very different than Samus. It's yeah. different than Obi's or than Camille. You know what I mean? And Zen is in. Shouts to Zen is in and Boston Cherry. The, yes. This is like the new wave that like you got, I, y'all going to find out about. Zen is in. I actually checked out some of the stuff, too. Super dope. Thank you, yeah. man. So another thing is. Um, yeah, I wreck it over here. I might let you spin. Where, I, for the people, where's Obi's shit? <laughs> the, people, the, people, the people hit me up like, oh, they so want, glad. They Obi asking about you bro they want to know Obi I want to know I remember when a girl broke his heart back in school he played me some of the most intimate love songs and I fell in love with the man a little bit and it's since a, yeah. Same, bro. I was like this man got soul he got he got the keys down he inspired me to play piano wow where Same. where are the songs I want them the people Obi, want them Obi is Obiora Electronica right now. Yo, he, that's that's a that's a sick it's a sick comparison. He drops a verse every three years and yeah, it's fire. He put out yeah. he recently put out a beat tape called Easy. It's on all them streaming platforms and it's funny he called it Easy because it's just like it's just the shit that like you know whenever you're making a painting and you have to drip on the floor, it's like that but it's glorious. It's just beautiful, like understated, luscious beats, right? Wow. And this is from these are the leftovers from what he's making. He's, okay, he's making. so so we got something in in the chamber though. Oh, the chain. Yeah, he's got. Of course, I feel like every artist has a lot of shit they made that you can call songs. Oh, we have for a hundred songs. Nah, like Obi focuses on making a song from start to finish. So I would say he definitely has enough for an album right now, and now it's just figuring out. How much more time he's gonna pour into these things? Cause you know how it is. I trust me. I know what you mean. It's hard. It's like cause sometimes you want it to be super dope, and so yeah. that's what I've been trying to work on more. It's like just releasing things more easily, mm -hmm. and like having it be more of a creative process that I'm that you share because yeah, people people want to know what's going on in the scenes, and I appreciate and it can be it can curiosity. be if you sit with someone so long too, you can end you up... You can lose your fucking mind. Yeah, you can lose... You'll talk that. about it, bro. Yeah, you got some. I have this this thing I learned that nothing is ever done. You just got to quit sometimes. Like, not, not quit in the sense of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to... I hate this thing. It's like, it's doing what it needs to do for you sonically and... Accept that. Yeah. Move on. You're always going to be growing and evolving and want to do some new shit. Appreciate the moment that made you want to record that. Trust it whenever you get fucking sick of it from listening to it a million times. Exactly. And put it out and then move on and do the next one. Do the next one. And your discernment will get better and better. Well, whenever it does come out, I'm... Super stoked because I've been waiting on some. So yeah, I, man, I, I, that's dude, nice that's, some, that's some that's some next ah, level shit. Silky. Yo, and speaking of which, before I get out of your hair, what's so what's next for uh, for y'all? What's next for for New Vision? What where do you sort of see this? It's obviously been building slowly but yeah. surely. What what are the next steps? Where do you 
see this in sort of the lexicon of labels. Mm. Um, what would be what would be your ideal vision? Yeah. And where do you kind of see yourself fitting in that into that grand scheme of things? Oh, I had to start thinking about that recently because people are. Everyone's growing. Everyone's growing up. It's cool that like I started. I started really thinking about. I always wanted to be Diddy, like when I was a kid. So I started thinking about this when I was young, and and now that I've been in the doing stage for a couple of years, I was to get like a sharpened vision of what I want out of it to spend time on it to not feel like I'm tricking myself or whatever. It's like yeah. it's just to be able to. Be the label that has the most direct line to the people. Like the one that you don't have to go through so much of the weird red tape that, you know, Hollywood mentality makes people put around themselves to feel important. Like a selection type of thing? Yeah, you know, like a extended family, you know, under a groove type thing. Selection, uh Soulquarians, lyricist lounge, Stones Throw. Yeah, Stones so Throw is another. Those are all great. You know, but in shouts to like quality controls, you know what I mean? Shit like that. Like, I don't ever want to give off the thing that I just want to stay broke and work with like people who are cool staying broke. Yeah. We all, we some smart motherfuckers, man. So everybody in here is, is enterprising just by nature. So that part of it is fun too. And as we get as we go further along and further along, you'll see more things happen. You'll see more artists pop up that are flying the flag. I got the panther around them somewhere. Yeah. Because it's it's all about that that inclusiveness. But it's all but at the same time, you know, these are people that are practiced. These are these are players. I pride myself at everybody at any given time could show you what the fuck they do. Like they they got the beats, they got the rhymes, they got the, the instrument skills, they can mix, they can master, they can do whatever these people that are getting paid millions can do. Yeah. Just off of passion. So that is uh that's kinda what I want to stand for and just making real good sound of music. Cool. Some, some shit that you gotta go over there to hear it. It's the source of it. People gonna copy us. Okay, so and so do you see it being being sort of in that you want it to to be that sort of a at that level of mm-hmm. okay yeah. cool i mean like just like i want to eat a steak every night for dinner i would love for everyone everyone as much people as possible to know about what we do and have a chance to to latch on to it if it's for them so if an artist is hearing this and they want to be a part of the label. Yeah. They know you, y'all the next Diddy. They know y'all on the come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What do you look for in artists um, if you're going to bring them on board to be a part of the team or extended family? I look for... Well, this is a tough question because I don't look. But if I, if as far as to, I mean, I don't look in the sense that. <laughs> yeah, they just be coming to you. Y'all be bringing. I mean, there, there's that, and like the people that I sign, I never, I never went out. I didn't actually go hunting for it. Like, it's crazy. But like, okay, I'll break it down. Like with Zenizen, I went to a show to see Samus, and Zenizen was one of the openers, and. 
Uh, I t- can you put some in this? Uh, <laughs> that one, that one. Nah, can I have some too? I got some men in my cup. It's gonna make it real minty. Hey. Thanks, Joe. Joe's giving us the hookup. Yeah, appreciate you. Joe cleanest division albums on the way. Spit it, Joe cleanest with the dirtiest flow. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Oh, that was for the freestyle. <laughs> yeah. Wait, sorry, Casey. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh yeah. But you so you don't look. Oh yeah, but, I don't but, look. But they I, I like to. I go places. I just I'm I'm immersed in music all at all times. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm following the news. I'm in okay. I'm in places. I'm in venues. So just go out and do your thing. And I'm going to I'm forward. So if I like some shit, I always reach out and be like, Yo, who are you? You want to talk about something? Like you need somewhere to do some shit? I've no pride where like I need people to like. Send me twenty emails. Absolutely, it takes that sometimes because I got I'm a busy motherfucker. And there's a lot going on, a lot of emails to look at, but I appreciate those too, and I try and I do look at all of them, like because there's no telling where your favorite things gonna come from. Absolutely, no telling. Ain't no telling. Like so, Drizzy said. Then before I get you out of here, just to finish it up, who who's in your ear right now? Who who you been bumping? King Cruel. The ooze. Okay. That's my shit. It, it touched me emotionally. Uh, I like, uh, man, I like that, that 21 Savage Metro booming and Offset. Oh, that, without warning? No way, without warning. Offset show a lot of versatility on that. Yo, I needed people. I honestly haven't listened to it yet. It's dope, Joe? All right, I'll peep that on the, on the bus ride home today. I'll, I'll keep going. And then, like, I listen to so much shit, but I say, like, on the underground... Uh, who's this guy? Nick Hakeem. Nick Hakeem, I recently started listening to his EP. Oh, it's, a, it's a whole project. That's a soulful motherfucker. Home Shake. Always Home Shake. Home Shake is one of my favorite musical acts. I listen to them all the time. I'll stop there. Where? All right, yo, before I get you <laughs> out of here, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, uh, newblackmg.com. At New Black MG on all of the social medias. For me personally, it's at New Black City on that IG. Ooh. At New Vision. Ooh. New Vision Music. And yeah, music watch out for that. I've been peeping that, dude. I like some yeah. of those videos I see y'all 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 putting out the little drown drown part two. Yeah. Oh man. I popped that. That was nice. I like that little wow. visual. I was like, that was fresh. Shout out to Joe on the visuals, man. Yo, He's that was you, Joe. Joe. Yeah, that was fresh. That was fresh. I'll say Vision is so dope to me because even though I don't, like, pride myself or push myself as a performer in nowhere, I'm always going to make music. So it's just a place for me to, like, straight up experiment with my brother Joe, who's also uh, a wayward-thinking motherfucker. Yeah. Nah, he's one of the smartest dudes in the world. So, like, we get to try things constantly, and that's what, like, gives us excitement and we all get in and, and we some funky motherfuckers like the shit that vision is making is smooth like people about to be jocking that yo i feel it man it's cool and experimental the whole nine yeah. but either way fellas honestly thank you both yeah appreciate for, for you kia on. yo yeah shouts to the go go gadget podcast <laughs> yo, go go gadget podcast i'm renaming it aka yeah. orion radio aka go go gadget AKA, if you don't know now you motherfucking know you fucking vision. know New, New black, black music group. Stay, stay tuned. out here. Coming. Shouts to Boston Cherry. Shouts to Zen Zen. Yeah, we out here. Yeah, yeah. OBD Nils, Daniel X. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
And I think that's all I'm gonna shout out. <laughs> hey, hey, thank you guys again for listening. For real, for real. If you could leave a rating and tell me what you think, what you liked, what you didn't, all that jazz. Uh, I appreciate uh I appreciate the feedback. Alright. See you next week. <laughs>